0: Hi, I'm Stephanie Francis Ward, and you're listening to the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered. When this show airs, Bar Candidates will have one month left to study for the exam, which starts July twenty-seventh. It's okay, don't panic say today's guest, Michael Ansbach, an Ohio lawyer who took and passed the bar on his first attempt in 2018, and as a law student, founded the Organization for Student Wellbeing. We also have Kimberly Wallenberg, Managing Director of Bar Engagement with Helix Bar Review by Access Lex. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yes. So when the show posts, it will be June 27th. If you are a bar candidate and you feel like you maybe haven't been studying enough, What should you do for the next month? Kimberly, do you want to take that first? Sure. So
1: like you said, about a month away from the bar exam. The good news is this, even if you're feeling behind and if you haven't done quite all the studying that you want to do at this point, it's not too late to turn things around, to reset and to have a plan for moving forward. However, it is critically important that, you stay disciplined and focused and do create a plan so that you can take advantage of the month of study
0: time that you do have left. Okay. And Michael, I've interviewed you multiple times over the years, and I will never forget your story about studying for the bar exam. Can you share with our audience your backstory as well
2: as how you approached bar exam study? Sure. And I'll try to keep my stories consistent because I can't remember what I told <laughs> just you the tell us last the truth. time. <laughs> but it should be the same because it's the truth. Uh, sure. So my background is uh, about o- almost a dozen years ago, um, I, I got uh, clean and sober, quit using drugs and alcohol, which was uh, the, the greatest blessing in my life today, uh, because I think about trying to navigate not just law school and studying for the bar, uh, but also the profession post-bar. With those kind of um, things hindering me, and I there are certainly plenty of times where this profession and studying for the bar and law school um, raised my stress level to a point where you know it would have felt really good to uh, be able to take a drink or or do something that wouldn't be healthy for me. Uh, But every time you know I make it through those things without needing it, and I'm 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 better off for it in the end. Uh, But so my story is is. Perhaps a little different in the sense that I I got to come into taking the bar um, understanding that I had no other choice but to deal with the stresses of studying for the bar um, without I I needed to find other means of doing it um, because there was no quick fix for me. Some of those things uh, included uh, running and exercise, yoga, meditation. Um, these, these tools that uh, I started to develop um, in the last decade or so that helped me through law school and then, and then studying for the bar. Um, one thing I do want to say on, on your last question that, that was vitally important for me to hear was you will never feel like you've done enough to study for the bar. Uh, it's, it's impossible. When, when I looked at the pile of flashcards I had going in, thousands of them, um, I just felt a bunch of dread that how can I memorize all of this? Um, and you can't. And that was one of the most important things for me to know, because one of the, one of the great one of the biggest causes for my stress was the anxiety of not knowing what were, they were going to ask, what the experience was going to be like. And that's one of the reasons that the healthy tools I was using were so important, because I couldn't have taken the bar waking up hungover. I couldn't have taken it quitting at five o'clock to go go drink or to go party with friends or whatever. I couldn't have done that. Um, it's, It's a time I needed to be very focused and some of the tools I was using helped me to focus.
0: Well, so Kimberly, let's take that point that Mike said, which I think if I'm understanding this correctly, it would be a very good thing to remember as an examinee. You cannot memorize all your flashcards and that's okay you don't need to. You Rather, you need to try to memorize like X percent or what. Can you take that question? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and that's such a good point that you don't need to know every single thing. And when you walk into the exam on exam day, there's nobody else in that room that knows every single thing. And so as you're thinking about your studies and trying to reduce stress and get yourself confident going into the bar exam, really prioritize and think about what are those big picture things I need to know for every single subject. And if I know those foundations for every single subject, then it's okay if I don't have all of the details. Because I have that foundation, it'll be a lot easier for me to take more educated guesses and fill in those details as I go, and that really does having that foundation build your confidence in those situations and relieve a little bit, knowing I don't need to know everything in order to pass the bar exam.
0: What's your advice on checking in with um, academic support at the law school where you graduated from to kind of get an assessment of do I need do I know what I need to know as opposed to everything?
1: Yeah, and it's a, when students. At their law school typically know who their academic success and bar success professors and deans are and reaching out to those folks to have a real talk about what they've done with their studying how they're performing with their studying those folks can really help students reassess, make a plan and help them move forward and have that understanding of these are high value areas. So spend some time here and let's let some of these other things go. These things are less important. And in here are the things that you need to do at this point to move forward.
0: Do you have a sense, how often should you check in with academic support while you're studying for the bar or does that entirely depend on the person?
1: When students are seeking help, there's actually a variety of resources they might go to. And so depending on the nature of the relationship they had with someone at a law school, I have students that I've worked with that literally every single week check in with someone at the law school, whether it's academic success, bar support, or just a professor who had been a wonderful mentor and wants to help with different strategies and grading. So I know students that use those resources on a very regular basis. I think part of it as well is thinking big picture, what are the other resources that are available to help along the way and provide guidance and support. And a lot of times students are using a commercial bar review company, and students should tap into those resources from those companies that are available to help as well. And just one example thinking about with Helix Bar Review, for example, is that we have coaching calls that students can schedule anytime with one of our attorneys to provide guidance as they're preparing for the bar exam, to do a study strategy call, to do a check-in call about their actual progress and performance when they're preparing for the exam. And so there are programs that do provide that level of guidance and support, and they can use that feedback hand-in-hand from the program that they're using to prepare for the bar exam, as well as in conjunction with the guidance and support of all of those professionals at their law schools.
0: You know, last month, I interviewed a woman who every evening after she was done studying, she would call someone who took the bar um, shortly before she did, who he passed on his first attempt, and she would go over questions with him and doubts. And I thought that was a really good idea. And she she passed on her first try, too. Mm. So, Michael, can you talk to us about how did you parse out during the process what you could control and what you couldn't control and like, What did you tell yourself about that?
2: Yeah, so one of the hardest things for me, because certainly life goes on even when you're studying for the bar, you have to set aside that nine weeks, your life kind of everything becomes very focused on that one thing. And you can control the amount of time you put into studying or the time you're going to, I guess, allocate to studying because we know life happens. And sometimes you might set aside 10 hours or eight hours in a day and something happens where, you know, you get you get pulled off. Um. But what became the most difficult was people aren't studying for the bar in your family. Um, Friends that you graduated with may not be studying for the bar. And one of the most important things that I had to learn was the word no. Um, And one of the the worst things I could do when I was studying was say yes to something when I meant no. Because then I'm going to do something I don't want to... I'd rather be studying. I'm going to hang out with people. And that whole time I'm resenting the situation and the people I'm with because my head is working on the studying. Um, so what I could control was my time and my ability to put up a boundary for the time and the space that I needed to study. Um, that's that's what I could control. And sometimes I fell short. We all do. You know, it looks really good to go to the baseball game. Um, and so that's important. It is so important that you do take time for self-care and not just go into a study hole for 14 hours a day for nine weeks straight. Uh, But at the same time, that was something that was important for me was having a regimen and a structure uh, that I could say, this is my job for nine weeks. Um, And I could control that to the extent one can control what happens in the course of a day.
0: And your routine was very important to you while studying, right?
2: It was like I said, you know, t- today it's a routine is kind of built into my day. I know about the time I'll go to work. I know about the time I'll finish work and what I'll do after work, but no one's telling you what time you have to sit down to study. Nobody's telling you uh, what you have to study. Of course, what was good for me was I did have a study guide. Um, I did have a bar prep course, which helped add some structure, but nobody's making me sit down and do the work. So I always, what I like to do was set up what time I would be at X place. And X place was usually a a coffee place of some sort. And the amount of time I would be there, I knew when I'd take a break and then I'd spend another amount of hours in the afternoon and evening. So it was important to have structure, but as important as it was to have structure, it was important for me to have flexibility within it. Because if all I did was go to the same coffee place or the same place to study nine weeks straight, I would have gone crazy, which I kind of almost did, but I still moved. I would be like, okay, so this, this few days I'll be at coffee place X. Next time I'll be at coffee place Y. Next time I'll study at the library. And so the structure was there, but it wasn't necessarily a structure where I had to be in the same place at the same time each and every day. Um, it was just making sure that I, I, I factored in the necessary amount of time to study.
0: And I was curious about choosing a study group that works for the candidates. I could can see where on one hand it would be great, But there also could be problems with study groups, too. How do you choose a good study group? Kimberly, did you want to take that one? During bar prep, oftentimes students will choose the
1: same bar review program, and that's a natural, easy way for students to find study groups that work for them. Some actually find it helpful to study with classmates who are using different programs so they can bounce different ideas off of each other based on what they've learned in their programs. I would say some tips I would give when thinking about a study group is, when do you plan to start studying with a group? Because during the early stages of bar prep, there's so much review that needs to be done individually. It's really that home stretch in the last few weeks where students oftentimes find the most gain in memorizing and walking through concepts together. So thinking about the number of other students you want to study with, some people just having one check-in partner, that works best for them. For other folks, having two or three or four people for accountability, and in case someone isn't available, they have other folks that are available to help, That that is something that works for others as well. But one Tip I would give is think about the people who build you up and are good study partners because you need to be around other folks that want to help you learn and are going to encourage you along the way. If you get with folks that just bring in negativity and bring you down, that can be very challenging to overcome and it actually turns a study group into more of a toxic environment instead of a group that is supposed to be encouraging and building you up
0: for success. Good advice. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's discuss how people can develop plans in law school so that they can hopefully avoid working and those few months to study uh, before the bar starts. We'll be right back. Contract automation isn't a trend it's a strategic imperative. Though big players in the eSign world will make you believe implementing it will cost you big bucks and more than a few headaches, it doesn't have to be that way. DocuSign is an easy to onboard full suite of products and includes the e-signature, brilliant workflow capabilities and AI contract automation at nearly half the price of those out of touch behemoths. The one thing DocuSign doesn't automate, their customer service. Visit get.docuB.com/contracts to set up a call with a real live person. DocuB will be with you every step of the way.
3: Get Civil and you get a fast, custom-built website that looks great, brings you clients, and drops them right into your firm's systems. Civil partners perfectly with small firms by building the fastest sites in legal, handling digital marketing, enhancing your leads. And providing transparent analytics. They're civil to your other tech too. Civil websites integrate with all legal case management systems, including Clio, Smokeball, MyCase, and Lawmatics. Get a free site audit with a no obligation 15 minute demo about what Civil can do for your website. GetCivil.com. That's G E T C I V I L L E.com. All rise with Civil. Delegate
0: out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at Staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I.cc, and get five hundred dollars off with code HAPPY24.
3: A website from Civil fills your new client pipeline. Prospects find you through powerful SEO and smart intake forms make it easy to integrate with Clio, SmokeBall, Lawmatics, and MyCase. Never lose another lead. Get your Civil bundle: website, SEO, content marketing and Google Business Profile management free for 60 days from the legal industry's best end-to-end lead generation platform. Book your demo at getcivil.com. That's get C-I-V-I-L-L-E dot com.
0: And we're back. I'm Stephanie Francis Ward, and you're listening to the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered. Today, we're talking about staying calm while studying for the bar exam, which, when the show posts, will be one month away. My guests are Michael Onsbach, an Ohio lawyer who used a lot of mental health skills he learned while getting clean and sober to study for the bar and Kimberly Wallenberg, Managing Director of Bar Engagement at Helix Bar Review by Access Lex. So one of the issues with the bar that is very challenging, if not impossible for some, is trying to arrange your finances so you could not work during those few months that you study for the bar after graduation. And for people who don't have a safety net, sometimes they still manage to do it. It, maybe they'll set aside some private law school loan money or take out a loan or maybe even give up their apartment and move in with a parent who will let them live rent free for those months. What are, and recognizing that it is very hard for many to do that, what's your advice on somehow finding a way to do it? Kimberly, do you want to take that first?
1: So, just to clarify, are you thinking about the financial cost or just the studying early to manage it all in case you need to work while preparing?
0: Perhaps both, but I was honestly thinking about the financial cost in terms of how you can somehow find a way to survive and pay your rent and eat for those months that you're studying for the bar so you don't have to work. And if you want to add in about if you have a parenting aspect as well, or you're caring for a parent, please feel free.
1: So from the, from the financial aspect of preparing for the bar exam, it really does require budgeting and planning ahead for what those anticipated expenses are. So that if you are able, ideally, to not work while you're preparing, that takes some time and energy to get all of those things in order. And ideally, all of those things should be in place before you ever begin bar prep so thinking about will i have enough money to do this what are my other options so that people aren't stressed about their finances and trying to pivot in the middle of their preparation for the bar exam you know and in those circumstances where you know what there's just not an option other than working whether part time or full time during bar prep or there are other responsibilities. A lot of bar prep programs are now set up so that students are able to start early. So, you know, what used to be a nine or 10 week traditional study plan, that's been extended you know, oftentimes with up to 20 weeks of access for students so that they can prepare and they can start earlier. And that allows students who, you know, maybe have caretaking responsibilities or who have to work part-time or full-time, it enables them to get all of the preparation that they need in, in addition to working and earning the money that they need to be able to finance that timeline and still giving them the time to get through all the materials to set themselves up for success on exam day.
0: So that sounds like a really good way to attempt to manage anxiety. If you do need to work, you could say, well, okay, I am going to start bar prep while law school is still going on. Assuming, I mean, some people can do that the third year, maybe some people, anyway, some people can't. So that's sounds like a great way to manage anxiety. And it's an alternative if you simply cannot take the time off. Michael, did you see anyone, know of any experience or did you see anything where people came up with really innovative ways to study for the bar and still work or find some way to not work while they studied for the bar and pay what they needed to
2: pay for? Well, I've actually done both um, because when I studied for the Ohio bar, it was right after law school and I had the nine weeks pretty much leading up to the bar and I sat for the Ohio bar. I also took the Florida bar in February of 2020 while working full-time. Two very different experiences. Um, But exactly what Kimberly was saying, where... I gave myself much more time on the front end because my my study time was naturally gonna be cut down to pretty much anything after 5 p.m. And I wasn't gonna be the kind of person who could work till three or four in the morning and then go to work the next day and do that consistently for nine weeks. So I moved the study period forward as far as I could, which for me, I believe I started Thanksgiving of 2019. So giving myself almost three months. That's to me the best way to do it. Obviously the people on the call right now are a month away Like I said, the the important thing, no matter what, whether it's working while you're studying or not, is that you still protect your time to study to the extent you can. And sometimes I imagine that would mean, as it was for me, making my days longer. I would go straight from work at around 5 or 6 p.m. to working late into the evening studying for the bar. Um, So I imagine there might be some people in that position. And it's the same principle of protect your time to study.
0: In your experience, what were the limits on how much you could or should study?
2: Honestly, for me, I didn't reach a limit until you, I sort of reached a breaking point of uh, doing too much. Um, and, and, and for me, that meant realizing that, you know, that, like I said at the beginning, the, the, the realization for me came later on that I simply can't learn all of this. I can't know all of this. And just understanding that I was going to do what I could it was probably just a few weeks before the bar itself, maybe maybe actually this about this time, late June, early July, where I started to have that realization of I'm gonna put in the time and effort and, and in doing so, I'm gonna trust the process. I, had I known going in, and this is always the case, the case for most things, right? I wish I knew then what I know now about studying. And that's one of the reasons studying for and taking the Florida bar was a substantially different experience in the sense that I don't want to say it was easier, but anytime you've done something once, it's easier going in and doing it a second time uh, because you kind of know what to expect. There's so much stress that you, and that's one of the reasons the first time taking it, you can't prepare for beyond the studying and the time you put in for what that experience is going to be like the day you're sitting in the chair, the morning of the first test, You've never had that feeling before. You've never had that experience before. And that's where my anxiety came from. And just trusting that everybody in the room is, well, most everyone, unless they're taking a bar a second time, is having that exact same experience.
0: Kimberly, I know that there's been studies on how much one should study for the bar on a daily basis. Do you want to weigh in? The lawyer answer is it depends,
1: uh, but really, it, it, it really does vary per student, you know, and I've heard studies of during bar prep, you should study anywhere from 400 to 600 hours, and there's all sorts of different advice and guidance, or on average, an eight-hour day, you know, treat it like a nine-to-five job. I would say that those guidelines are generally true, but once again, it depends on when did you start your studies, you know, with so many programs that open up earlier and those that have... Additional responsibilities that start earlier, they may be able to start early enough that they can have a four hour a day schedule and do that over the course of 20 weeks instead of an eight hour a day schedule. And so there's flexibility in that. But I would say treating it like a nine to five job and being very disciplined is an effective way to study and prepare and to get through all of the materials. And really all the different skills needed for the different components of the bar exam to be prepared before the bar exam.
0: Is it helpful to take a day off to recharge, maybe on a weekly basis, maybe just a few times during the process?
1: It's absolutely helpful for students to take breaks, whether it's a day off, half a day off. And it really depends on students. Some students, you know, as we all experience different anxiety anxiety related to the bar exam actually don't feel like they can mentally shut down and take a day off. And so encouraging students that feel like they need to study a little bit every day, that's okay if you want to study every day, but maybe for those students taking a half day off every now and then will actually help those students. For other students that really do treat it like a nine to five job, and they really are you know effective as they're preparing, absolutely taking days off is critical and just staying motivated, you know, staying encouraged and being able to move forward. I remember during bar prep, you know, I was typically very disciplined in my studies, but I had one day where I'm like I can't do anymore. Like I'm tapped out. This is this is it. And I love going to movies, so I said, "You know what? I'm going to take the rest of the day off. I'm going to go to a movie." I'm going to unwind. I'm going to have a great night's sleep. And tomorrow, I'm going to come back feeling refreshed and recharged. I'm probably going to be way more productive because I took that time off. And so students really just need to be able to self-reflect and evaluate what their individual needs are and choose the time accordingly so that they can still stay engaged with their studies, but also take care of themselves along the way.
0: What's your advice For both of you, how can you do things to treat yourself during this process, but do something healthy? Um, As Michael said, you can't really study for the bar when you're hungover. You also, if you're crashing from a bunch
2: of sugar, you
0: you can't, (laughs) that might make it more difficult. What's your advice on treating yourself in a healthy way during this process?
2: Michael, do you want to go first? I think one of the important things for me to remember, and this includes my practice today is rest is vitally important. I'm a very type A person, a lot of pe- lawyers are, a lot of people taking the bar are also the same way and they are go, go, go. They think the more I study or the harder I work, the better the results will be. I'm finding out now as I get into my late 30s that you know with exercise and things like that, the importance of rest. Your body needs time to rest and recharge, whether that's with sleep or just not working for a while. Um, that's been very hard for me to train into my life. But as it pertains to the bar, I think one way we it, for, for someone who's taking the bar in a month, one thing you can that, that you can think to yourself is, I'm actually helping myself more by giving myself this time, because it has actually a detrimental effect. If you just study 12 hours a day, seven days a week, you're going to not retain things. Just like your body needs to recover from exercise, and that's when it builds the muscle and builds the strength. It needs to do the same thing with, uh, with the studying. And keep in mind that even when you're not actually studying, you've, you've embedded this in your subconscious. Your brain is still working on it. Um, so if you need a reason to say, like, I can take an afternoon to, to go to a movie, which I did. I was the same way as Kimberly. I like going to movies. It kind of helped me just shut down and, you know, rest. That's one thing to remember is you're, you are still studying subconsciously, even when you're not sitting there studying and give your time, give your brain that time to rest.
0: How did you guys keep your minds from racing while you were watching the movie? How did you focus on the movie is it, and shut down thoughts of, should I be studying? Should I be studying?
2: I think for me, it was just, I was so exhausted from studying. Like you, you kind of do, after you've been going for eight to 10 hours, you're, you you're dying for rest, you know, and so, so that it actually kind of happens on its own because your body is built in this rhythm of activity and rest. And once you do so much activity, I couldn't have even picked up a flashcard. Sometimes things will happen like in my profession today where, you know, I'll get home and something will come to me like, oh, a research question I need to look into or whatever. And I'll jump on the computer that didn't happen so much during the bar because it's more of an exhausting experience studying for the bar.
0: Kimberly, did you have the same experience? I feel
1: exactly the same way as as Michael. You just get to the point of exhaustion. So when you get to a break, you're relieved to have it and it is a little bit easier just to ease into that. I'm also a big fan of deep breathing and using that as a way to calm down, just closing my eyes, taking some big deep breaths. And typically when I'm in a stressful situation, like the example I'd given earlier, where I just needed to shut down for the day. I know that about myself, I can close my eyes, I can take those deep breaths and say, this is okay, you are you have permission to take a deep, uh, you know, to take a break, uh, do these deep breaths, reframe, reset, recharge, everything's going to be fine. And so when I did take those breaks, I really was able to thoroughly enjoy them. So
0: last question for both of you. Let's say a candidate It's not just that they're anxious, they haven't studied enough, they actually haven't studied enough. What can they do for the next month? What's your best advice for them? Kimberly, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I would say three things at this point. One, do an assessment of where you're really at. What subjects have you covered? What ones haven't you covered? And you need to make sure you're building in time to cover all of the subjects. And then you also need to make sure what components of the bar exam have I prepared for those different skills, whether it's multiple choice essays or performance tests. If those are components of your bar exam, you need to be prepared for them. So do that realistic assessment of what do I need to do next and then make a plan and not just a plan in your head. I want you to create a formal, like written out plan from here on out, this is what I'm going to do each day. And you can map out those things. What subjects should I still cover? And map those out in your schedule. Uh, what components of the bar exam have I not really prepared for? And put those things in the plan so you have opportunities to practice all of them. And then certainly prioritize the big picture foundational things and don't get lost in the
2: details. Michael, go. So exactly what Kimberly said, I would also keep in mind during the, the time you're studying, what well, we've been, what I've harped on a few times is you're not going to know everything and there's nothing that's going to prepare you for that moment. You sit down in the chair and I'll, I'll, my, my horror story from the Ohio bar kind of explains that. I sat down day one in the Ohio bar and they had, I can't remember what the type of test it was, but it's a 90 minute, you're writing an essay. You're told like, OK, you're going to draft a contract or in, in this case, in this question, it was you represent the, the state against uh, this criminal defendant. Write a memo to your superior about prosecuting. And I'm like, great, this is my this is what I do. Um, I'm going to just get right into it. But you've got all the anxiety and the blood flowing and, uh, you know, the the stressors of all this time you've spent. And I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm about halfway through and I'm reading the question again. And I realize it's asked me to write on behalf of the defendant, not on behalf of the state. And I have analyzed everything the wrong way. And like I said, there's nothing that's going to prepare you for that moment. You can shut down and you can give up or you can do what you can to undo everything. And I got like a two on that. Right. Not a good score. Two out of seven. The next one I did decently. And again, you leave that and you're like, I want to shut down. I want to quit. But you don't. And, you know, that's why I think the bar is as much about what you can learn and, you know, and, and, and how well you can study. But it's also about how well you can deal with adversity. And that's why it's so important that in this time going up to it, you have to treat yourself so that you are prepared for when you go in those moments that you not be at a breaking point and you have a breakdown. I'm lucky that, you know, I sort of, I I went too hard, too fast early on. I had a nervous breakdown and I was able to regroup from it. But if you are going marathon, full sprint, 12 hours a day, seven days a week, right into the bar, it's possible you have it then and you shut down and you quit and you say, I've screwed up. I can't do it. And just know that you don't have to do that. Um, It's just like this profession. And that's what I think it's doing. You don't know what's going to happen when you walk into court. You don't know what the experience is going to be like, what arguments are going to be made against you. You prepare to the extent you can, and you go in with confidence that you're going to pass.
0: Thank you both for joining me today. This has been a great conversation. And for all the July 2022 bar examinees, I wish you lots of luck. I'm Stephanie Francis Ward. You've been listening to the ABA Journals Asked and Answered. Thank you for joining us. And if you like what you heard today, please read us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of the ABA Journals Asked and Answered.